Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host and black market dealing friend, Big T. I tried coming up with something for you that wasn't insensitive, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what do I sell on the black market? What's that? What's what's the meds that you're on right now? <laughs> what's that called again? <laughs> Lexapro. Lexapro. I always forget. That's what you're selling on the black market. Keeping that. I'm stuff. hoarding those bad boys. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. How how have you been, my friend? I have been alive and well and ready to have a break. Yeah. From the day to day grind, Dude, you know. I feel it. But healthy and doing well. Can't complain. Nice. No. Yeah. How about you? That's good. Well, it, dude, that's so. I mean, when you're just going or living or whatever, like anytime anyone asks me that question, it's the same thing. It's just like I'm just living, dude. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making it. I feel that day by day. I don't really know. It, I'm trying to ha- find things to look forward to. That's that's my constant yeah. battle. I honestly cannot believe how fast this year has gone, dude. Especially the last three months. I feel like I blinked in October, November, and December are over. I know. I don't know what. I wonder if there's a lot of people because there's a f- couple of people that I've talked to that because the two people in my life, <laughs> but you know that my kids. See, I'm talking to my kids about this. Hey, how have you? No, uh, same thing. Like there's there's quite a few people that are feeling the same way. It's just like it just went by. I don't know why yeah. though, because you know that's kind of like a feeling that happened from like 2020 and stuff, and I feel like time has just changed since then. I feel like ever since COVID, time is like not real. I don't, I don't get it. I wonder if it's be- because of all that stuff, or if like maybe it's coincidental. Like you know, we're just kind of all getting older. All the people that we're normally talking to, and that's just the way time moves now, I and it know. happened to coincide with COVID. I think it's also because. We're all living through this mass trauma t- traumatic event, and when, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like you know, COVID was so traumatic and still is traumatic, and none of us are able to deal with it because we're just told to like live our lives like normal. And when you go through a traumatic event, your ability to deal with time gets really fucked up, and yeah, I think it's part of it. I feel like there are so many people I know right now that have COVID. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if I, I don't, dude. Maybe uh, I should have taken a test. I don't. I didn't really feel that bad though. But um, I just lost. It's at like a high right now. Well, I, I like lost all taste in my my tongue. Or yeah, you probably have COVID. Oh, shoot. <laughs> probably should have taken a test. Um, I just felt like everything else was normal though. I'm just like I just can't taste right now. I don't know what's going on. Probably though. Don't know. Except for like one part. There's like the right side of my tongue. Like kind of the underside, not like the right side, like fifty percent, like ten percent of my tongue I could yeah. taste. So I was like swishing food like over to the right so I could get a little bit. Can of, you still taste? Can you still not taste? It's come back. I would probably say I'm at like fifty to sixty percent capacity. <laughs> like I, I could, I could taste that much, but there's still like the tip of yeah, my maybe tongue. Maybe take a COVID test. They just sell those in Walmart, right? Like, you can just get those anywhere? Well, I think Biden gives free ones out now. Where? What do you mean? Like, he's personally I think you just get them shipped to you. Yeah, you just head over to the White House. He's, like, he's like signing each box. He's the one that's, like, getting all these packages ready together. He's, like, (laughs) signing it, put it... No, I think you can... I know that he was for a while. I don't know if they still are, but um, you can get free ones. Okay, gotcha. 
I'm just imagining <laughs> him just like this old guy, just like. I don't know why, but I have it in my head that he puts lipstick on and gives it a little kiss too. So you have like a little <laughs> <laughs> sprays it with perfume. <laughs> yeah, like this really whispers it dog. a secret. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I should I should figure that out. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, taste has pretty much come back. My daughter well, that's not great news then because I just went to my daughter's dance recital yesterday. <laughs> so that's not great. Super spreader. Yeah. But dude, yeah, so my dad had a or dad, my daughter had a dance recital yesterday and um she was excited to go. And this is my youngest, she's three, she's gonna turn four in a couple of months. And um dude, curtains open it's finally like you know, their age group or their classes turn to go on, the curtains open up, and she's just, the music just comes in hot, blaring, dude. The the girl next to her is crying her eyes out, covering her ears. She's terrified. Presley's, like, also getting emotional. I'm not sure if she noticed the kid or not, but, like, after a while, because, like, they were supposed to have, like, this cute hair thing up in their hair, but something happened when we, between the time that um, my ex-wife put her backstage and when we you know when it was her turn where that thing was just out and so i thought that she was like upset about that like her thing is not there and she's upset about it or whatever finally i i noticed that she's mouthing the words potty and i'm like oh no (sighs) and and she's i mean you could tell she's like grabbing her crotch like trying so hard to like keep it in and like dancing around and and every once in a while she would like you know suck it up or whatever and get get back to the routine but then she would like freak out again and the whole time i'm like recording and i'm like i can't just like rush the stage and like you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah stop the production yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah my daughter needs to go potty um and uh i'm just like checking to see if i see a reflection underneath her if you know to see if she potted on the stage she did not she was she managed to hold it you know um but it was not a good first recital for her at all. <laughs> but she got a bouquet of you flowers. Know. I got her a bouquet of flowers for afterwards. Oh, that's cute. So that made her happy. She was fine afterwards. She was laughing and excited and whatever, but she was not happy yeah. on stage. I have like this that's we have these so these funny. videos of her just <laughs> totally having a nervous breakdown <laughs> in front of everyone basically. But she's 3, so whatever. It was so whatever. So whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's probably gonna forget about the whole That's thing. That's par for the course for a three-year-old. Well, yeah. Know? Exactly. Like just random things happening, and then it ends up being a disaster or whatever. It's the way it goes. I don't know. But anyway, so that was a funny experience. Um, hey, let me ask you this: Do you have any sweet New Year's goals? Because this, dude. Actually, let me address this. I'm pretty sure I completely said the wrong dates for when this episode is going to go up (laughs) and i noticed and i think you could hear it because i was just like the eighth that's crazy that's so far away but when you really think about it that math literally impossible yeah that's impossible so i don't know why it didn't and shame on you for not catching it and telling me come on man i barely pay attention to you when you talk (laughs) just kidding it's the most disappointed i've ever felt in my entire life just kidding just kidding it's no, but actually this episode's going up on the 1st of January. So that that actually set in a little bit of panic cuz I'm going back to my parents' house until like the 2nd of January. So it's like, "Oh shoot, I need to actually make sure I edit this before I leave." <laughs> That's not You're good. like, "I can't celebrate Christmas. I can't celebrate New Year's. I have to, I have edit, to edit this it. podcast." Yeah. Oh. Geez. 
But um, anyway, so this yeah, this episode is going to be going up on January first on New Year's Day. Hey, what goals do you, do you have? Any goals that you're setting? Um, or did you hit your no, goals I from really last year? About it. I did all that creative stuff that I talked about. That's true. Right? Yeah, I took a course at the Writers Center. Yeah, and. I don't even remember my other goals. Honestly, my goals are just like to survive at this point. That's <laughs> the way a lot of people feel. I'll tell you what. If I make it through the year, that's a win in my book. I I have accomplished a decent amount of my goals. Yay. Although I was supposed to get a car. I wanted to get a new car, but I still don't have a new car. And if I don't have a new car by the next summer, I'm going to die of heat exhaustion. <laughs> because there's no because it doesn't have AC. Yeah. Rolling down the windows and all that Yikes. stuff. Yikes. Not really. I won't, I'll be fine. I'll just roll down the windows. It's okay. But um, a lot of my goals were video game related. And I didn't quite meet some of them. I'm like barely there. Like I wanted to play more games. And I like, I'm like one game away from, or two games away from like reaching the amount of games that I wanted to beat and play or whatever for the year. You got two weeks still. I know. And I might, I might be able to do it. There's a game from my childhood that came out on the switch online um you know do you know what i'm talking yeah switch online you know what that is right like what yeah 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 what game yeah but it's a 64 game it's har- it's called harvest moon 64 it's like it's like <gasps> i remember you were obsessed with harvest moon dude yes i always think of you when i hear about harvest moon because you were do you like hear about harvest a farmer moon? No one talks. No, about but it. sometimes I like see articles about like tonight's a harvest moon. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Austin. Oh, Austin, he was obsessed <laughs> with that game. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so anyway, that was that's like the game. Like I used to play the crap out of it. I watched my brothers play it constant. Like it was just the best. And um, it came out out of nowhere. It was like the Game Awards were going on, so I was watching that, and then I was looking up articles and stuff to see what people are saying about some of the games that were announced, and then I see like Nintendo just drops these three games. One of them's I don't really know, Jet Force Gemini, but the other one's like 1080, and that was a game that I played a lot as well, and then Harvest Moon 64, and I was just like, I'm texting my brothers, I'm like, Harvest Moon 64 is on Nintendo Switch Online, and so my one brother, Tanner, he's like... He's already done, like, he's tired of play because he just played it nonstop for, like, a whole week, basically, and oh, now he's, yeah. he's done with it. Um, during Christmas, we're both, ex- well, I'm excited. Maybe Tanner is not at this point, but he was with me. We were really excited. We were going to watch my brother play, and it was going to be, like, old times. <laughs> we're no. just going to watch him play <laughs> and see how fast he can get the greenhouse, because that's, like, the like that's like the most important thing to build so that you could grow crops all year round instead of waiting for each season. Anyway, so it's been a great time. I'm about to finish my first year in the game, and I should be able to propose to the girl that I've been romancing pretty soon, and she's going to make <laughs> me cakes and stuff, and I'm really excited. <laughs> That's so funny. I've never played Harvest Moon, I don't think. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, after the first year of completion in that game, like you're kind of you're kind of done. Like you kind of you've done all yeah. the things well, not all the things, but you're like the most efficient that you could be on the farm, and it's like, okay, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what else to do. But technically, you have to play three years, and then your dad comes by to see your progress and how well you've done, and he'll either 
and then he kisses you on the forehead. He'll, well, he'll either be proud of you or be disappointed. And so one of, one of the things is like you have to make friends too, but like I'm so focused on making money in the on the farm and making it a success <laughs> that I'm not really talking to anyone in the town. So he's probably going to be disappointed in me. That's okay. Never mind that I'm filthy, stinking rich, and I have a wife and a kid. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Do you have? I thought you said you didn't have a wife. I'm yet. working on it. It'll. I'll have a wife and a kid. The kid never grows up, though. It's like a cartoon, so you, you mm. can't really interact too much. It's all right. Anyway, that's enough about Harvest Moon. I love it, and the music is that's nostalgic. Good. That's all I have to say. Anything else you'd like to say before we get into this? Um. I watched Dream Scenario. Oh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. How was that? It was weird. It was kind of fun, but it was really weird. It's the only projects he ever does now is just weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. I watched that. And you watched... And then, uh, you're probably going to say it. Wow, what's it called? Um, The Lady from Promising... Midsummer. Midsummer. No, no, no. Well, that too. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, Saltburn. Saltburn. Yeah, and you said that that was yeah. interesting. Yeah. Salburn was a wild ride. Was Let it? Let me tell you that. Yeah. It was really weird. It seems like just a normal kid that goes into like this rich family's house for the summer or something, and there's probably just all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Yeah? No? Yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's a fair assessment. But okay. the first two-thirds of the movie are kind of slow, and then the last third is just like kind of crazy. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. But it's it was interesting. I think you have to be in the mood for a very um, non like an atypical movie. Okay, it's it's a wild ride. Like it does it is you. it one of those movies where like I don't even know if there is a conclusion, and I'm just I gotta no. There's a conclusion. Okay, gotcha. Okay, but it's just like gets pretty bonkers. Okay, that sounds like a good excuse to go have popcorn and drink. Yeah, <laughs> all right, exactly. I'm down. Midsummer though, midsummer. Yeah, yeah, midsummer. You not into that yeah. one, right? I think you said. Um, it wasn't. I I enjoyed the movie, but it wasn't as like scary as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. It was just like weird. It is super weird. But it was good. I thought it was good. How'd you feel about the ending, though? Was... Like the very um, end. The last shot, even. Uh, What is the last shot? Uh, a woman has a smiling... You know, she has a smile on her face. And it's kind of disturbing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I liked the ending yeah? to that. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like a... I don't know. It felt like... It was... Well, yeah, it's really hard to talk about without spoiling it. There's a lot of stuff that I mean, goes It's been on. out for a few years. But. but I wondered if you would like it because it feels sort of like a female empowerment type of... Um, yeah, it's very culty. It's yeah. very, we're trapped in this weird place and something strange is happening. It's messed um, up, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, it was interesting. It's neat. But I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it, so... Yeah. All right. Cool. I also started this podcast called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. What the? <laughs> um, I've been telling all my friends about it. I heard about it on TikTok. But uh-huh. um, it's this couple and someone shat on the floor at their wedding yeah. on a boat. Yeah. And so their friend is like 
an amateur detective, meaning she's taking an online course about being a detective. <laughs> okay. And she's investigating who shot on the floor at the wedding. Yeah. Um, oh, so it's like... It's very entertaining. It's like a scripted... It's like a... No, it's like a true crime, like, oh. um, where she's investigating it. It's not scripted, but it's it's very, like, gimmicky, right? Because yeah. she's, like, not really a detective. Wait, um, so like a, is yeah. she is she recounting... Is she actually going through the detective work with you, basically? Like, she's actually... It's real no. time? I mean, as real time as a podcast can be. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay, so she's yeah, not... So she hasn't even reached a conclusion yet. Correct. Yeah. Each episode, she's like updating you with where she's at. Yeah. So, um, but it's really funny because like they get like a lie detector off of Amazon that's like two stars and they just like use it to <laughs> interrogate some of the people and stuff. And so that's funny. it's just, yeah, it's been pretty funny. So I haven't finished it, but it's been, it's been enjoyable so far. Dude, that's awesome. That's like coming out of a time that like only murders in the building or whatever, you know. So it's just like yeah, I know that's what I don't know how old it is. Yeah, but oh um, Oh, yeah, sure. But it's 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 been fun to listen to. That's awesome. Well, cool, exciting. And they bring in like experts, like literal like forensic psychologists and (laughs) submarine experts and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) dude, that's awesome. What the heck? How many reviews does this have? I, I I don't know, but she asks one of the experts, she's like, why did you decide to come on my podcast? And one of them is like, honestly, this is career suicide. I don't know why any of us are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Someone chat. Hold on. Chat. On the floor at my wedding. Why? Who shat on the floor at my wedding? Oh, who shat? Who shat? Okay. I'm like, it is not coming up. You think that their search would be a lot better, though? And would it just kind of autocorrect it anyway? Okay, I don't want just episodes. I want the show. There we go. And I want to scroll down to the reviews and see 503 ratings, 4.6 out of 5. All right, all right, all right. How many episodes yeah. are the total? I don't know. I think maybe like 10, 8 yeah, or 10. Yeah, it doesn't look like 8. It looks like, I think. Yeah, not too many. Or Oh, all season 1, 14 maybe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Or 13. Oh, the finale. But you need a podcast. The finale. Oh, there is a conclusion, my friend. I'm excited uh, for you. And I'll probably yeah. listen to it, too, because I get... Yeah, I mean, it's like a fun podcast to listen yeah. to while you're doing stuff. Yeah, I get caught up on stuff, and and then I'm like, I don't yeah. know what else to listen to right now. So that'll be fun. <laughs> hey. But yeah, that's on me. That's my media consumption. Last last thing, because you made me think about, as you know, you're recommending something. I played through a game called Alan Wake. Have you ever played that? I wouldn't say it's no. like scary, but it's it can get intense sometimes. But I wonder if you'd be, I wonder if you What's would it on? like it. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. I you could play it on um, Xbox, right? You have an Xbox. Yeah, yeah, you could probably play it. They did like a remaster version or something like that, so you could you could play it on there. Alan Awake. Alan Wake. Oh, and it's like this. It's like this author that makes like you know kind of thriller like thriller books or something like that but he's kind of like it's one of those things where like he's kind of getting like kind of trapped in that world in a way and you're like playing yeah, through yeah, some yeah. crazy stuff and it's i i wonder if you would like it because there's some really cool that sounds cool story beats and you're kind of questioning what's going on the whole time and i wonder if you'd like it but it's kind of yeah, that sounds fun. It's kind of trippy too but it's it's cool um anyway so if you ever want to if you're ever feeling a hankering to play a game 
there you go. And there's like cool mechanics where like like you have to like use a flashlight to like kind of stun the enemies first before you can really shoot them otherwise they're kind of invincible. It's kind of neat. It's cool. That's cool. I've never seen a game do that before, so I I like it a lot. Anyway, but the the second game just came out recently. Alan Wake is like over a decade old and they finally just made the sequel like recently. So gotcha. I was like, "Oh, I need to play through this." And then there's another game called Control that's kind of loosely connected. It's a completely different game, like franchise in a way, but it's kind of loosely connected to that world. So it's like, okay, I'll play that next and then Alan Wake 2. <sighs> so much to do, not enough time. Got that right, dude. Um, okay, well, speaking of speaking having of so much to do and not enough time, let's get into the discussion for the movie this month. Of course, we're uh, covering Schindler's List. That great upbeat movie. Um, <laughs> uh, before we get into the full, um, not description. What's the word? The intro and and the discussion and all that stuff. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. If you could rate and review the show, it helps with discovery and gets the word out. Um, if you haven't seen the film, be aware that we will be diving right into spoilers sometimes right from the beginning. So continue at your own risk. Um, make sure to listen to the end of the show where we will reveal next month's film which Big T will be choosing this time. And you can write into layersoffilmpod at gmail.com to be a part of the discussion. Now, it's time for the first fun segment before getting into the film, which is a little game called... Um, I opted out of doing this game because it didn't feel appropriate. For uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Honestly... I didn't feel like we should play Hollywood You Rather about a true story about the Holocaust. Yeah, that's true. And the the ending game, we have Fire Partner Critique. I I did choose people for Partner and Critique, but Fire, I was like, I feel bad. <laughs> I don't feel like I could yeah. fire anyone. And also, I don't think anyone really did a bad job either. So it's just like, I don't, I don't really have any complaints, like major complaints. There's not a single... Yeah. It's pretty rough stuff, dude. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, then we're not playing Hollywood, you rather. Join yeah, in for next month's episode. <laughs> and you'll get that fun game. I do enjoy that game, actually. It's fun. Although sometimes there's like a meta game in there. It's just like, does Austin know <laughs> what he's talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a game within a game. It is a game within a game. All right. Well, then let's just get into the film introduction. Schindler's List released December 15th. That good old Christmas time movie. 1993. The year I was born. <laughs> Good year. Wow. That was like Rolling your eyes. 30 years ago, almost, to the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're coming up. Well, actually, no, we've passed it. Yeah, we passed it, and this episode will go up after. That's true. Okay, whatever. The yeah. synopsis is, if you haven't heard, uh, in German-occupied Poland during World War II, industrialist Oskar Schindler gradually becomes concerned for his Jewish workforce after witnessing their persecution by the Nazis. Directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Steven uh, Zalian, that's the screenplay based on a book by Thomas Keneally, Keneally? Keneally? composed by John Williams, cinematography by Janusz Kaminski. I feel like I remember Kaminski from something. Hmm, I don't know. I feel like we've covered a movie that maybe that would have been the same... um, cinematographer edited by michael khan big actors liam neeson ben kingsley ralph fiennes 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 
budget of $22 million, box office earnings $322.2 million. And at the time that we're recording, you can rent or buy it. I don't know if you streamed it anywhere. Um, I watched it on internetarchive.org. Oh, gosh, yeah. Or something. Archive.org? Yeah. It's like a government website that you can watch historical movies on. Nice. I think it's a government website? Interesting. I think so. Oh, really? That's actually... Or it's at least it's funded by the government. Maybe it's a nonprofit or something, but... So if you... So it's not illegal to watch things free on it's there. It's not, no. Neato. I googled to see if it was pirated or not. Mm. That's good. Like if that website was a pirated site, not if I oh, could right, watch right. it pirated. Yeah. Can I watch this pirated? Because <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah, dude. This movie have you you hadn't watched it before either correct i had never seen it before neither one of us has ever seen this movie why did i choose it well i was hoping that it would be one of the best movies we cover so it could i could win at the top <laughs> of the uh whatever it's called our final ranking of the season um boy oh boy very well done I don't think I have any major complaints. Maybe a little long, but at the same time, you feel like a total piece of crap for saying it's too long because it's all historical events. I don't know how much of yeah. it was like hammed up at all. I don't. There's. I know that there was. I was watching it with a friend, and she was saying some of the things that have happened. And there's a little bit of like you know timeline discrepancies, I guess, or whatever. But obviously, that's you know you're trying to tell a story or whatever like a narrative in the, yeah. in the movie so you kind of got to mess with that things to fit a certain pacing that maybe you're trying to do um there's some there's a lot of other things that schindler has done that wasn't even covered in the movie a lot of random things so um i liked it a lot not my favorite film but really well done for sure what did you think big t yeah i felt the same way um I really enjoyed it. It's a hard watch at times, yeah. obviously, because of the content. Um, but I thought it was really well done. I loved um, the cinematography. The music was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I do agree. It's it's a little long. Um, like, it feels like there are some things that were a little um, unnecessary. But like you said, it's a little difficult to complain about, like, the length of the movie when you are covering a very historical topic. and. Yeah a lot of the things that happen are very important and they shed light on the brutality that actually happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel kind of the same way. I enjoyed the movie. It's not like my the fa my favorite movie we watched, but yeah. um, I feel like it's really important and everyone should probably watch it at least once. Yeah, at some point. When you're 30, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, <laughs> or 31 or whatever. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't... Uh... It was interesting because, like, obviously it's called Schindler's List, and for the most part, you're really looking at whatever Schindler's doing and the things that are going on yeah. around him. And so it's kind of through his lens. But also, I felt like Stern was... How do you how do you say his first name? Like, Ishtek? Ish, Ish, Itzek? I don't know. I don't know how to say the first name. I don't know the proper pronunciation. Um, but yeah. Stern... I mean, they call him by Stern pretty much the entire film. I feel like he was yeah. he was the most intriguing part of the film to me. You can really see, because this is Ben. Dude, it took me a little bit. I was just like, is that Ben Kingsley? Because it looks like him, but it's so young. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I also don't know if, like, if anyone wore 
prosthetics or whatever for their nose. I mean, he's kind of... Yeah. I don't know. Like, looking at his picture now, it's just like, no, that could be his nose. I have no idea. But um, but it took me a little bit. I'm like, I think that's Ben Kingsley. And honestly, I don't really know if I've seen a lot of movies that Ben Kingsley's in. But, you know, this maybe being one of the most iconic films that he's been a part of, potentially. I, I Again, I, I have no idea. I'm probably speaking out of, you know, ignorance or whatever here. But um, I just thought he did a really great job my favorite job by far because you could see you could see the anxiety in him constantly throughout the film the weight of the world is on his shoulders he's yeah because he's really the gatekeeper for people's lives yeah exactly and like there's well okay through just watching this film and not knowing too much else about schindler beforehand i walked away from the film feeling like i feel like really Stern is more of the hero here than Schindler. I mean, Schindler, it wasn't possible without Schindler, but I feel like it also definitely wouldn't have lasted for nearly as long or been as successful or whatever of an effort without Stern. Like, Stern was really integral. And, you know, having that inside guy with Schindler was super important, but he wouldn't he wouldn't have gotten far at all without Stern. It wouldn't have even happened probably without Stern. It wouldn't have even Yeah, Stern had the all ground. the connections and knowledge and I mean there's even that one scene where Stern is trying to explain to Schindler like what to do. Yeah. And Schindler's like, this is giving me a headache. I can't yeah. do any of this. Which you know, so yeah, Stern was definitely the mastermind behind all of it. Uh yeah. Schindler was just sort of the uh person that had all the leverage and power. Yeah, exactly. To to even allow it to be able to happen because yeah no you know german officer or whatever was gonna let just like a jew just you know start a business or whatever that wasn't gonna happen so yeah yeah it was like literally against the law yeah but also like yeah just continuing on with ben kingsley's performance is just like man he just like yeah i i feel like without his performance you might not even get at least with the business side of things how uh, like heavy, like the you know the business, the company, and or whatever you know the the factory and all that stuff. Yeah. Like you wouldn't have gotten the gravity, like the weight of everything that was going on with that without him, because he really is like. Anytime Schindler is you know just kind of being whatever about something, he's like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> this is important, dude. Like you you don't you don't understand. Like you're not really seeing this. This is like a business business venture for you and you're going to get rich out of this. But like, I'm here for the people's lives and I'm trying to, and it's like also cool because he's like, uh, like Schindler just wants workers and he wants to make money and all that stuff. And he doesn't also, and he's so like kind of removed from it. He's just leaving it all up to Stern and Stern is obviously just like, I don't like, I'm going to go for the people that I know aren't going to be able to make it, you know, and I'm yeah. going to make them an essential worker because they're going to die otherwise. They're going to be sent to a camp otherwise. And so I'm going to bring them over here. Um, and Schindler, you know, kind of turns a blind eye, but he kind of questions it at the same time. But as the movie progresses, obviously, you know, he completely changes his tune. But anyway, I've been talking a lot. I just think that Stern is like probably my main focal point of the movie personally yeah Yeah. no i think that's fair i really love the character development we see in schindler obviously because he does start out as like a greedy capitalist opportunist you know and then he becomes like this 
I don't know if you'd say humanitarian, but he ends sure. up like saving all of these people's lives and using his resources. Yeah. Um, and I also loved the development between in the relationship between Stern and Schindler as well. Because like you were saying at the beginning, Stern is really cold and really icy towards Schindler. Yeah. Like he definitely just sees it as this transaction where it's like, we're going to give Schindler all of our money and resources and our lives are going to be saved. And then by the end of it, they have like a really, really close, like intimate relationship you know? Yeah. Um, and I really, I really loved seeing that development between, uh, between the two and their, in their relationship. It turns into a real friendship, you know, not just a business partnership. Yeah. Especially at the point when, you know, Stern basically realizes like everything's over, we're going to be transported and like, I'm going to die. Like we're all going to die. <laughs> like we're all going to Auschwitz yeah. or whatever. Like this is it. It's like, I'll finally take that drink or whatever, you know, I can't remember exactly what he says. And so like, that's a big moment. I don't know. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It, something that I want to say, and maybe it's not like super heavy or whatever, but like something odd with this movie. Um, and I was thinking about it last night. It's kind of intertwined with like Seinfeld for me, <laughs> the TV show, because there's just an episode because... I had never seen the movie. I had never really looked into the movie whatsoever. And the only frame of reference that I have for it is through the TV show Seinfeld because they talk about it in one of their episodes and how moving it is and all that stuff. And um, because it came out, you know, during one of their seasons and stuff. And uh, it was just like, it's just so weird, like going into this movie with it sort of having like this weird tie to a comedic show interesting yeah 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 and then um obviously like i knew it was going to be super heavy and you know dark in a lot of different areas and stuff like that but going into it with that kind of in the back of my head at the same time it's like a weird place to come at this movie from <laughs> so i just kind of wanted to say that i don't know if it's going to affect the way that i really think about the movie maybe so there it does there are i should have written down some of the moments but um there are some moments where they do kind of try to bring some levity into it, you know? For sure, for sure. And I'm I'm trying to think like Yeah, like yeah. there's there's that like montage of um Stern bringing people into the factory, right? Of yeah. like um and then Schindler's mm -hmm. like, "No, no, we can't bring this little kid in." And then the next scene is the kid following Schindler around and being like, "I'm yeah. going to be the best." Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. metal press or whatever. And then so you do get like some comedic effect there of like Schindler being like, no, no, no. And then th the next scene is always like the person working in his factory now. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. It's so weird. Okay. And I think it did affect the way that I saw certain things as well because of the, the gun jamming thing when he was trying to kill that one dude. Yeah. I was trying. I was like. I was like, this kind of seems like a weird slapstick comedy kind of moment in a really dark scene. The friend that I was watching it with, though, was like, no, that just shows how dark it is. Like, that was, like, harrowing. And I'm like, I kind of didn't get that. Like, honestly. Like, maybe if I had looked mm -hmm. at the dude that was on his knees the whole time, I probably would have felt like that. But I was really more focused on Ralph Yannis' yeah. character, Amon or... Amon. Amon? Yeah. Amon? Um, Amon? Probably. And uh, 
And so just like kind of like the comedic nature of like his guns jamming over and over again. Every single person's gun is jamming, like nothing's working or whatever. And it's like this weird thing. Obviously, he hits him over the head. And so that brings it right back down to a heavy (laughs) moment. But it was like, I wasn't entirely sure what Steven Spielberg was or the writing was going for in that sequence. This is my understanding or my assumption. I don't know if this is true or not, but my assumption was that this is something that happened in real life. Mm. And then they were like, oh, let's include this because this is like kind of miraculous that none of this happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that was that was my kind of take on it was they wanted to include this event like this is a real historical thing that happened. Yeah, that yeah, yeah that makes sense. It was I don't know. Because for- I agree with you without that context. It's like, oh, yeah, this is not that it's comedic, but it's like, why is this yeah. in here? You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And there was a part of me that's just like, if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, in my head, guaranteed, it's like the producers, like, no one's no one's ever going to watch this movie again unless you have some moments that can bring it up just a tad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Like, people just mm-hmm. trying to get more money, squeeze more money out of this movie. Because, like, it is a hard, like, it's it could be one of those movies where it's just like, I thought it was great. I don't know if I can handle watching it again. again. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. No, that makes sense though. Maybe. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Or, but I, I'd rather go with your assessment of it. Probably just being a thing that actually happened. (laughs) Because yeah, I'm sure you could Google it and see. But that just kind of was. um, That's kind of why I thought it was in there. But I don't know. And then also like, also there was a, and maybe yeah, it's probably just the way that I'm coming at it from, and it's not great to see it this way but when Eamon is like at that new concentration camp he's up on the balcony and he's like shooting people and then it cuts back to his wife or whoever that lady was and yeah. she's just like uh uh I want to go to bed uh puts the pillow yeah. over her face and it's sort of like light and again like it just kind of depends on like where your brain's at maybe because like you could easily you could easily see that as like wow that's really messed up that she's just like so oh honey oh yeah can't you just let me sleep like that's really messed up it's an inconvenience to her right she's not like horrified that he's out here just like indiscriminately shooting people she's like this is an annoyance to me because i want to sleep yeah yeah Yeah, my friend was um kind of uh what's what's it called like relating it to you know your your neighbors like mowing the lawn like way too early and you're just like yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly so i don't know if that was also i think it was more like yeah it was it was it was probably written in there. I mean, it's probably something that happened, but probably showing just like how little they really cared about. Like they really didn't value, you know. Yeah, I mean, they talk about that, right? Yeah, that they literally treat them like cockroaches, like vermin. Yeah, um, and it's to the point where, yeah, he can just randomly shoot an old lady in front of him because he wanted to. Yeah, dude, that guy is crazy. <laughs> like that guy is. Not, I mean, obviously, like all of these people who are just willingly going along with this, I guess, are, are nuts. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of the horror of it is how, like, acceptable and casual it was. You know, he wasn't yeah. considered crazy at the time. He was considered, like, a high-ranking official. Yeah. And, like, that was acceptable, and that was, like, par for the course. That was normal, and that's, like, what's really scary about it is how easily that kind of thing can be normalized when you dehumanize other people. That's true. Like... And when you think about like just in a in a normal society, <laughs> I guess, you know, like I would look at someone 
even if you are trying to achieve a, a goal of like taking out people that maybe you think are bad or whatever like let's like 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 let's flip it like you're actually trying to like you know you're fighting like true enemies that are really bad people or whatever Mm -hmm. i would never look at a guy that's so excited about killing you know these people and think oh yeah you should you should be a command like you should (laughs) you should be higher up in charge yeah i would never i would be like oh you're nuts dude but like in this in these circum in those circumstances for the Germans, they're like, oh, yeah, the more crazy they are and the more they hate Jews, perfect. Like, let's get them up there because they're going to get the job done. It's like, no, yeah, dude, that's sure. insanity. <laughs> like, Yeah, there's like a level of sociopathy that is definitely like present in people who make murder and death and war crimes kind of their everyday life. Yeah. And then I'm thinking of like the scene as well when um, like they're burning all the people and they're getting ready to leave, I think. And then there's that one like German soldier or whatever that's just like he's just yelling at the pile of burning bodies and like shooting at it and stuff. And I'm just like, man, dude, like what a crazy society to have <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot I think you can learn from this movie, especially in the current political climate we are in in the world. But one thing, you know, as a linguist that I find really interesting is the language that the Nazi party used. And you see it in this movie, the language they used to describe the Jewish people in their, their prisons, right? They use words like um, units. They use the term special treatment when they're talking about like taking them to gas chambers and killing them. Um, Like they use all of these euphemisms for like human beings and death that remove the, like Nazi individual from the actual act of like killing another human being. You know, they use the terms like mice and vermin and cockroaches and whatever to like dehumanize these humans so that when they do kill them, they can sort of cognitively separate themselves from that. Mm. And um, I took in my undergraduate, I took a class um, like about, it was like sociolinguistics-y kind of. And my professor shared this uh, Nazi report with us talking about the, it was like, cause he was highlighting the importance of language in politics and highlighting this not. And so he read this actual Nazi report that was like essentially saying, oh, you know, like 200 units are going to be shipped to this camp. And then they're going to be, I mean, it was all the same thing where like, if you read it, it sounds like they're just shipping items across somewhere mm-hmm. and like, getting rid of them but it's like no these are human beings and they've like intentionally uh used language to remu- remove their humanity so that committing acts of crime and violence against them doesn't feel like it's this terrible thing because they're not human it's just like shooting a tree or shooting a garbage can like it's not a human being with actual value and worth it's interesting because like i feel like from that perspective yeah it's you know they're really in that kind of place where they are constantly removing themselves from the situation. And it kind of requires a character like Schindler to view it as like someone who's close to both sides and can see it from like this third party perspective, this outside view in a way, because he's not really, he's more closely affiliated with the Jews by the end, but you know, towards the beginning, not really affiliated with anything. He just wants money. You know, he's just trying to feed that, but yeah, he's an opportunist, but really it's, it's that scene when, um, at that massacre that he's watching from his horse or whatever, you know, up on the top of that hill. And it's just like, whoa, dude, 
Like, never yeah. mind, I actually see this for what it really is, and this is terrible. And this that's, like, really the change in his character, where it's just like, actually, I'm going to... I'm not. I'm not just going to use this for my financial gain necessarily. I'm going to try to like that's going to be a side effect, but I'm also going to try to get as many people into this factory as possible to save them from, you know, horrible camps and whatever. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that from his perspective. Um, yeah. No, that's. I mean, that's one thing that I really liked about this movie is that Schindler isn't. I mean, obviously it's historical, but yeah. he's not presented as like this altruistic human being that goes, you know, above and beyond and like is always has this great moral compass. Like he starts out as like a really shady opportunist who wants to make money off war. He has that whole speech about like, I've had businesses that fail. And the one thing that was missing was war. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Right. And so like, he's very much in this headspace of like, war is great because I'm getting rich off of it. He doesn't care about the human lives, but then you see that change in him and he does, do the great good he like goes he becomes poor becomes destitute in order to save all of these people you know yeah and what's great is like at the end of the war when the announcement's made and like midnight tonight and he's given that whole speech like like he he sounds like a real person is he's not in business speak anymore you know he's not like this businessman he's like excited to tell everyone and he's even excited like i'm like you guys are all going to be free finally you guys survived. I'm going to have to go on the run, but I don't even care, dude. Like, I'm so excited mm-hmm. for you guys. All you officers, like, you could leave <laughs> or you could carry out your job, but you're like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to, it's not going to be good for you. And probably all, all of the people in there could have overpowered them at some point. A lot of people would have died, but I'm sure at some point all those officers yeah. would have been dead for sure. But, you know, and then they all leave. You're wondering for a second with that last, you know, German officer, like, is he going to stay or whatever? But you kind of know in the back of your head he's probably going to leave. But yeah, but you really see like this real person now. Like you can see like Schindler, who's done this great thing um, and he's really excited about it. And and then also like later on, he's like super emotional about how he could have he feels like he could have done more. You know, you mm-hmm. really could have done more. You could have sold this and that. And you're just like, man, like even this, even this last vain thing that I held on to, like, I feel so ashamed for having it now. Like, I wish I didn't keep it in this. I mean, the Nazi pin or whatever, I think was sort of important for him to have so that, you know, people would yeah. see that he's affiliated and all that stuff. He, if he didn't have that on, people probably would have questioned him a lot more. But um, so that was kind of important. But the car, yeah, sure, whatever. But, um, I, I don't know. It was just cool to see him as a real person who cared. And, you know, he's spending all of his days trying to figure out how he can get more money out there to get more Jewish people into his factory and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I think my friend looked it up. Like, I think at at the factory's peak, there was like 1,900 people that were working there. I think 1,200 of them were Jews. Um Mm-hmm. which is just like that's pretty I mean like when you look at the population that's not a lot but at the same time like for generations that's a lot and by the end of the film it says you like 6,000 descendants or whatever and it's like wow yeah that's just gonna keep growing those people wouldn't even exist 
without. Yeah, there were more descendants from the Schindler's Jews yeah. than lived in Poland at the time, right? That's kind of like mm. the big juxtaposition that they make yeah. is like, um, yeah, like he saved like an entire country's worth of Jewish people, essentially. Yeah. That's crazy, is, dude. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't I didn't know either that um like his burial ground is is like in in is in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Which which doesn't happen for, you know, like people that are affiliated with like the Nazi party. <laughs> like he's there, yeah. man. It's crazy. Yeah. I think he's the only Nazi buried is what it's yeah. online. He's the only Nazi buried or which is likely nuts. the only Nazi member, the only member of the Nazi party buried in the and in they Israel and they go and they honor him and you know that was a really cool scene too. I really like that. I love the ending. Yeah, yeah I, it was really cool the ending. And I loved, I loved when you when it like fades from the like when they're walking down the 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 de- like the hill or whatever, and and it goes from the actors to the real people, and it's just like, oh wow, that's really cool <laughs> that they got as many. Yeah, people. I thought that was a really cool shot for sure that was neat it makes me wonder though like i was really paying attention to um emily schindler because obviously like he he did great things but in his personal life he was not great (laughs) like at all like Mm -hmm. with his with his wife like just not good um Mm -hmm. that doesn't discount all the great things that he does i don't i don't think but um, yeah, people are complex, but it's it's but like I it makes me wonder the feelings that she was feeling, like the actual you know the actual Emily Schindler, like what was she feeling when she was placing that rock? Like it's probably really it's probably really complicated. She's like, man, yeah, for sure. Like I can't deny what you did, but I also can't deny the other part too. It's just like it really bums me out. I wish you could have been a better partner, but. Here we are, I guess. Yeah, because <laughs> he like abandoned her, I think, right? Yeah, he left her. By like they tried making yeah. it work or whatever, and and he left her and tried to do some more. Yeah, business I was ventures. reading about it. I think that they fled to Argentina, yeah. and they tried to start businesses, and it didn't work out, and they went bankrupt, and he left her in Argentina and went back to Germany, and they never saw each other again. That's crazy. And I don't think he ever even explained why to her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is sad. That is sad. It it kind of brings in it's, it's kind of interesting though because it brings in those complex feelings towards that character himself or that person himself. It's just like yeah, he's a human, yeah, right? Yeah, it's interesting. Like that's what I like about this movie is they don't go out of their way to make it seem like he's this unrealistic hero. He's like a right. flawed human being who was put into a really difficult situation where his actions or inactions could result in. Like, he wasn't directly responsible for these people's deaths, but he was put in a place where he had the ability to stop them from being killed, and he does that, you know? He yeah. he makes the choice to save them, and I think that that is much more realistic than, like, the, you know, hero that has to, like, push the button before it hits zero, or else the whole world's going to blow up, and it gets to one, per- one second, and, you know, like, that's yeah. not realistic, like... Yeah, sure. This was very he was a very realistic protagonist. Yeah, exactly. And you see you see that whole like yeah, development throughout the the film and you at the very beginning there's just a scene that like sticks out in my mind of, you know, when he has that affair and then the lady's leaving and Emily shows up and he's just like, "Oh, look at her, she's so embarrassed." And he's just like, "Dude, you're in front yeah. of your wife right now 
and you're just like whatever mm. about this <laughs> jeez dude like i don't think she's thrilled yeah. although it's like a not although but like it's it's also a different time and so she probably feels like she can't do anything about it you know like she's upset but yeah for sure it's like it's the way that it goes i guess i don't even know like she makes it seem like that at least it's like well that's the way it goes this sucks but you know maybe he'll come around at some point and i'll have my husband <laughs> it's like oh man dude yeah oh it's interesting it's cool what did you think about i really loved that it was shot in black and white you know, I really like that too. Actually, I wasn't sure how I, was I thought it feel added a lot to the ambiance. Yeah, I loved the cinematography. Yeah. I thought that the lighting and the camera work in that yeah. initial black and white scene yeah. was phenomenal. I th- like, I should have looked it up because I feel like they were also using like old school audio equipment too. It sounded so old, you know, at least for the first scene. Yeah, yeah. it makes it feel like an older movie, and I really, really liked that. Yeah. It really puts you in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if they had done it any yeah. other way, I, I, it would have taken me out, I feel like. Um, not like Jojo Rabbit, really, but, you know, like, it just, it would have really taken me out of the, the whole situation. And, yeah. And dampened down, like, the gravity of it all as well. But also, the the usage of, like, the one piece of color, which was, I mean, the very yeah. beginning there was some color, but then throughout the there's the the little girl with the red jacket and she really shows up at like the most violent parts of the film right Mm -hmm. which i think was a really cool and kind of an impactful way to show that i don't know yeah i agree yeah it's messed up dude and i wonder if there was also a part it's like well no it was shot it was it was deliberate to shoot it in black and white i was gonna it, it like the only other thing that I was thinking of was like Quentin Tarantino and Kill Bill Volume Two. Like there's a shot that um, there's a scene where like they couldn't have it in color because there was too much blood, so they switched it to black and white just for <laughs> so they could keep like the R-rated film or like rating or whatever. Otherwise, it was gonna like they wouldn't be able to show it or something like that. And so there was oh, a, there was a part of me that's like, oh, I wonder if they had to do that. And I'm like, well, no, probably not, because I'm sure they shot the entire film in black and white. You know? Um, yeah. I guess actually, I don't really know how they do that. I don't know if they change it later, or if they just shoot in black and white. I don't even know if that's a thing. They they must have done it in color. How else would they? Oh, maybe they painted over the jacket because it kind of looked fake a little bit. You know? It looks. Yeah, like it I don't know. I don't know how it. Yeah. How it works? I have no idea either. It's pretty cool. Pretty neat. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I, and I'm sure that you know that this is what I would talk about, but one thing I really, really liked about this movie was the, I mean, it's not really commentary because it's historical fact, but the intrinsic connection between capitalism and genocide and violence. Sure. Like, I think that, I mean, Schindler makes it very obvious when he says that the only thing his success, that he was missing to have a successful business was war. Yeah. Um, So that's like a very clear connection, but also this idea that these people would have been killed except for the fact that they can produce labor. Right. Yeah. Um, And the only way that he can, that Schindler can convince the Nazi party to stop killing these human beings is to appeal to their capitalistic ideals. Um, You know, like he, they're not considered humans. They're considered workers. Right. Um, and I think that that is just really like powerful in and of itself. Um, and even when he's talking to the guards, he has to say like, um, 
you know, I expect to be compensated for a death if you kill them. Yeah, you know, right. like I like under the law, there was no repercussion for killing a Jew. Like that was totally fine. But killing a business owner's worker was against the law or like was the result of fines, you know, and that's really fucked up. If you think about it, it's yeah. like we don't care if you kill a human, but we care if you kill someone who's producing labor under someone else's business. And it's the same thing that you saw with like slavery in the United States as well. You know, enslaved people, you could beat them, whip them, kill them. And that didn't matter. But if you made it so that someone lost economic value because of the death of an enslaved person, then suddenly that's a crime. Right. And it's like, I just think that that's a really powerful statement about how inherently violent capitalism is um, and how, because it goes so well hand in hand with genocide. And I understand that Schindler is having to talk about the Jewish workers in the context of them being workers and not humans, because that's what protects them because that's the system that's set up. Yeah. But that's just really fucked up, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's terrible. It's like, it's terrible to think about. I mean, Schindler obviously was was doing really the only thing that he could do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, that's that he's operating within a system yeah. that he can't change individually. And, and when they start changing things up on him, like, oh, no, we're going to shut down this factory. Like, they're just all going to go to a concentration camp. And it's like, oh, shoot, I got to spin this somehow to still try to get it like i guess we can't do pots and pans anymore like we got to do we got to yeah mm-hmm. we got to do some faulty you know grenades or whatever you know things that i i think right like he was he just wanted to produce things that actually couldn't fire at least at the last yeah factory. He, like the the biggest non-functioning factory or whatever <laughs> i love that yeah. that was so funny yeah that was cool i i like that a lot um but yeah, that's and, and yeah, so they changed the rules on him and stuff, but he's he's just got to make it work and he's got it. Yeah, that was another thing. Like you see it a few times like where he's bribing, you know, you know, different officers and whatever, but um there's like uh, like he was constantly like just bribing like every week or whatever like so like he was he was giving his money to that, giving his money to other, you know, for workers and all that stuff. So it really does show like he really became a in this, you know, effort or whatever, a really selfless guy, which is pretty For sure. cool. And it's also crazy to think, too, because, like, he saved, you know, over a thousand Jewish lives, which then turned into thousands more because of their posterity yeah. and stuff. And, like, we have billionaires in our world nowadays that, like, could literally use their money to, like, solve world hunger or, like, end homelessness in the United States but they choose not to. Right. So like, I mean, again, this is like my own viewpoints and stuff, but like, that's also why I believe that like billionaires aren't ethical because the mere fact that they're like hoarding that much wealth is an act of violence in and of itself because they could use it for so many wonderful things that would literally save people's lives. And that's one thing that I thought was really, uh, that this movie did really well was showing how like war and violence and genocide aren't like your stereotypical, um, like war in a battlefield with people getting shot on two different sides. Like, I think that they did a really good job of depicting like the bureaucracy of genocide and the bureaucracy of violence here, because there are multiple scenes where you see people having to be on a list or people having to have their workers card or people having to, um, 
be in the right line it, yeah. or um, have a stamp or something like that. And so I think that that's a really important thing to know as well, because a lot of times if we don't see something that is like actively violent, we're like, oh, well, that can't be genocide. That can't be like wrong because they have all the right paperwork for it. Yeah. But it's like, no, that is those things are inherently violent, like because you're withholding rights from people and just because it's been codified into a law or been codified into a system doesn't remove the fact that it is inherently violent yeah i and something that this movie shows as well is it's like you really have to like see it you know because because if you're just hearing about it and they show they show this when the one lady in that concentration camp is talking about oh i hear in blah 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 like they're shaving you down and like if you're not mm-hmm. worth it or whatever they they gas you up they make you think that you're taking a shower but they're going to gas you and you're going to die and they're they're able just from only from hearing like and they probably kind of feel like they have to do this to try to keep some kind of an upbeat attitude otherwise they're just totally going to fall and crumble but they're able to like dismiss it. it's like no like that doesn't like make you sense. heard about it? That yeah, doesn't make it sense because then they're going to kill our workforce. How can you have a workforce if they're all dead? And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, good night, everybody. You know, yeah. And so you, t- you have terrible bedtime stories. I yeah. think one of them says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, if there's just a bunch of people listening, you know, back in those days, just listening on the radio, they could probably like, ow, oh, I bet. I bet that it like you know this makes sense somehow. That's exaggerated. Yeah, that's exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. and that we don't have the full context. That even happens today. And even though like we can see things, you can still dismiss a lot of things. Like, well, I don't because I For do sure. like with um, not like real things, but like you know if there's some stupid like Karen video or something like that, and I'm at a point now where I'm like, honestly, I feel like we're not getting the full context and there might be a justification for this one. You kind of, you, the one that's filming, you kind of seem like the a-hole to be honest. Like, I feel like you probably Mm -hmm. provoked this somehow. And so without like the full context and really seeing it with your, you know, own two eyes or, or really reading into all of it, not just seeing one snippet, but really seeing all of it and understanding and actually educating yourself, you're, you're able to just dismiss things and you're able to you know, say that it's exaggerated or, you know, they had it coming, yeah. you know, what did they, they probably drank themselves into homelessness or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. All they had to do was just be a successful human being and everything would have been fine. Yeah, Pull all yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. And-, and there's like, there's kind of a, uh, there's kind of like a, an idea that I try to live by in a way where if I were watching myself, on a TV show, how would I think about myself as a character? Would I be rooting for him or would I be upset with him? Would I be looking at him right now and be like, dude, go get a job, you bum? <laughs> or whatever, you know? Would I be just like, man, what a loser? Or would I be like, oh, yeah, dude, he's making it, you know? Or like, this, he's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. So I like try to live by that. Like, how would I feel about my character in a TV show? And honestly, it's been sort of effective in a lot of different areas. Uh, maybe I need to do a little bit more of that today, <laughs> but um, in a lot of different moments of my life, I think where I've made you know maybe substantial changes or or become slightly better or whatever, it's because I took that that outer view and it's like that step back. It's like would I root for myself yeah. right now? And um, I think that's a huge component in people just being decent human beings as well. Like there's there's no way that a single one of the Nazis like 
took that perspective, you know, where the like, would I be rooting for my radio you know, character or whatever, or would I be like just mm-hmm. absolutely disgusted by what's going on right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that that speaks to the power of propaganda mm. because we know that the German people during World War II were heavily propagandized. Yeah. Like so many of them didn't even know or believe that like the concentration camps existed. Right. Like uh, because they were so heavily propagandized. And I don't think it's necessarily this the fact that they like didn't have the and I know this isn't what you were saying, but it's not that they didn't have the mental capacity to like sort of ask themselves, like, is what we're doing wrong? Is what we're doing bad? I think it's the fact that so many of them were propagandized to be like, oh, well, like this is just what everyone's doing or like, oh, you know, these people are cockroaches like they're not humans. And so I think that that just goes and speaks to the power of like uh, messaging and propaganda and all that stuff because, um, I mean, we're kind of seeing this right now with like the genocide happening in Palestine. Like there are actual videos coming out from Palestine of like Palestine civilians being like brutally murdered Mm -hmm. or tortured or whatever. And there are a lot of people that are saying like, this is wrong. We need to stop this. But there are a lot of people who are heavily propagandized who are like no there's like reason for this you know like they're hiding hamas or like they're like having terrorists live amongst them like this is sort of what they deserve and so i think that especially when it comes to like violence and especially state sanctioned violence um you really have to take everything with a grain of salt and like you said you really have to like step outside of your experience and be like would i be rooting for this person if it was a tv show or a movie because um i think most people would agree like violence is bad yeah for like the most part but obviously there are contexts where it is required but um yeah i just think that like this movie got me thinking a lot about um how it wasn't just like evil people who were doing and complicit in evil things. It was like regular people too that were complicit in violence. Kind of reminds me, I don't know, you probably never watched this, but there's a show, an old HBO show called Band of Brothers, which, you know, like a TV show form of like Saving Private Ryan and, you know, just like World War II, America, you know, all the different stuff, Normandy, blah, blah, blah. But I think in one of the later episodes, I can't remember exactly where they're at, but they come across like a German town, I think. And, you know, they're kind of going through things are like things are kind of winding down or whatever. So they're kind of able to like stay out of conflict a little bit more. They're going through a German town. All these Germans are like loving the American soldiers or something like that. You know, they're having fun, blah, blah, blah. I think. If I'm not mis, it's been a while since I've seen it. But if I'm not mistaken, they notice like smoke coming from a distance or whatever, and so they they go to investigate, and they notice that it's like a, like a a camp, you know, a concentration camp or whatever. That, uh, basically, you know, everything was like over, and so they were instructed to just like just kill everyone and like just leave them to starve, burn as many as you can, get out because the Americans are coming, blah blah blah. So they find and the Russians in the yeah and, yeah that's yeah I'm yeah I'm terrible. Uh, I need to learn more about history and, sh- and, and stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so they go over there and then they see, you know, there's a lot of people that are just starving. They were left to starve to die, you know. Um, and I think they go back to like the German town and they start 
talking to them just like did like you guys well we knew that there was like some camp we didn't really know what they were doing and um yeah. the american soldiers just like that's not good enough and they they like <laughs> i don't i don't I don't know. There's just like it's a TV show, so you're like, yeah, or whatever, you know. It's kind of terrible, but like they just take them. Like they force them onto like buses or like, you know, Jeeps and whatever and take them to the camps. Like, look at this. Like, look at what you just totally let happen, like right in your, you know, back door. It's like right here and you let all this stuff happen and you see their horrified faces because obviously they were completely removed from it and they just didn't want to acknowledge it so they can go on with their happy lives or whatever, right? And just ignore this terrible stuff happening that they're kind of complicit in by just ignoring it. And uh, yeah, and they force them to like bury the dead bodies. It's like you're gonna bury these bodies because you should have been there for them or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you guys let this happen, blah blah blah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, like there sure. is like this heavy. I mean, you see it a lot in the film too. I mean, and obviously in real life this happened, but like everyone is getting yelled at. You know, and it's just like. Obviously, like if they're just getting yelled at, they probably just want to please whoever it is. And so they're going to do whatever's going on. And, you know, all the different moments in the concentration camps when they're getting they're having to strip down naked and, you know, do this and that. You know, maybe they're taking showers or maybe they're, you know, checking to see if you're healthy enough and um, otherwise you're going to die all this stuff or whatever, but they're just getting yelled at or getting yelled at to leave their homes. And they're just like, okay, I guess we got to leave. Cause like they're yeah. yelling at us. Like we got to go getting yelled at with people with guns, with, <laughs> yeah, people with guns. And, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's tons of like Germans that were yelled at too. Like that's kind of how the, how it was, you know, like that's kind of how the message was, um, uh, said to them, I guess, spoken to them was more out of yelling or whatever. So everyone's just listening and just following and just turning into a brainless whatever, <laughs> you know, because they just they're trying yeah. to survive or they're yeah. Well, I also I also think it's important to remember that like Hitler and the Nazi regime economically were really really beneficial to Germany. Like they pulled right. Germany out of like a really bad recession yeah, sure. or depression or whatever. So you know? And so I think, yeah, I think going back to what you were saying is like a lot of people probably didn't really question what the Nazis were doing because they were like, we can afford food now. We can put right. like our our lives, our economic lives are doing a lot better. Right. And. Um, I think that that's the danger of being complicit and only seeing the world through the lens of the economy um, because then all these terrible things happen. Like, And I think it's always really important when you watch a movie like this mm-hmm. to not only take a moment to like honor and respect the atrocities that like the Jewish people had to go through in this example, but I also think it's really important to kind of like what you were saying – um, use it as a moment to reflect on like yourself and your own situation and your own world because it's really easy for us as viewers to be like, oh yeah, these German people were so bad for like not understanding what was happening in their own backyard. But it's like, okay, but in our modern world, like are we doing that right now? Like are we turning our back to violence that's happening because it's not directly happening to us, you know? And I think that for a lot of people, we would say, you know, we are. There's like slave labor going on in the United States right now because of the, you know, people in prison are essentially enforced labor camps. Like we are still um, in situations where like 
horrible things are happening and just because they're not personally affecting us doesn't mean that we shouldn't be reflecting on them and trying to, you know, do, do better. Um, and so I think it's always really important to use, use media and art like this to not only learn about history, but also reflect on our own, our own lives and involvement as well. That's true. That's fair. That's a good point. Big T. Yeah. Well, sorry, yeah. it sounded like you were going to say something. Well, no, I, I think that like um, one thing that was really poignant to me that really stood out in this movie, yeah. because I'm obviously not an expert in like the Palestine genocide going on right now, yeah. but I've done enough to kind of understand the essentials of it. And one thing that I thought was really, really interesting were um, it was two lines from this movie that I thought were very uh similar to the the Palestine conflict and genocide. So there's that scene towards the beginning where a Jewish woman is like filing complaints with someone. And she's talking about the Nazi soldiers. And she said, they came into our house and they tell us that it doesn't belong to us anymore. And it now belongs to the SS officer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is like a huge thing that's happening in Palestine. It's like Mm -hmm. people, IDF is coming in and saying, you know, you've, Palestinian people, you've lived in this house for generations, but it's ours now. It belongs to mm-hmm. like the IDF, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's just really like the, like the atrocities that we're seeing in this movie are happening in real life right now. Um, or the part where it talks about them being forced into the ghetto and how everyone in the city are all the Jews in the city and the surrounding areas were forced into like 16 block radius. I think it said, um, and then walls were put up to like contain the Jewish people. Right. Like that's also like what's happening in like Gaza too, is like, it's, it's the world's largest open air prison where Palestinians are forced into this really tight, compact space yeah. and they aren't allowed to leave or go in without permission. So you do see all of these like atrocious things happening in this movie. And we all agree like they're bad, but then it's, it's honestly really scary to see that happening in real life. Like there's this, um, these experts that put together a list of like all the things that happened before like a genocide. Mm-hmm. And one of them is using dehumanizing language to talk about other, the, the group that you want to commit genocide against. And we've seen that in Palestine as well. One of the IDF officers literally called them like dirty dogs or mm-hmm. something like that. And so, um, like I said, I think it's important to watch movies like this and learn history, but also to realize like some bad things are happening in our world now and we need to educate ourselves and like be better so that we aren't those Germans who are like, oh, I didn't even know this was happening in my own backyard. It's like, no, we have social media. We have the Internet. We are able to learn these things and we do have a responsibility to, to bear witness to these tragedies and like do what we can to prevent them from happening. Dude word or whatever i don't know definitely definitely it's yeah, actually interesting that i i had been thinking about watching this movie for quite a while so it's it's an interesting time to be covering this movie <laughs> where it's just i agree it's i really agree. really related. it's scary it is scary it's a dude times are nuts like we're going through we're going through some crazy stuff right now, dude. Like the world, it's like it's like every hundred years, it's like <laughs> something. It's just like the cycle continues or something, you know. Like we're back mm-hmm. around, we're getting back around to the same stuff that's going on. And what's going to happen? I mean, there's always been like talks of like a World War Three, and like that's yeah. coming up, or something's going to happen soon, or something. I mean, we're at a weird like 
what's it called? Like an inflection point or something. I don't, mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. I've never really used it, but dude, I don't know what's going to happen. Is there going to be yeah. another world war three? Is something going to happen? Are we going to be drafted into a, a war? war? What's going to, yeah. Civil war. Yeah. Alex Garland, <laughs> civil war coming out next year. I th- yeah. You made it sound like you don't want to watch that. That's fine. Um, no, I mean, I think, I, is, is it a TV series or a movie? It's going to be a movie. Okay. No, I mean, I think I would. It's I think. honestly a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world right now. And I think with social media, we're able to see a lot more. Because like before, you know, it was just sort of like whatever the news reports. But now you can get actual people in those situations Yeah. reporting. It's crazy. There, I wanted but, to talk about like... Um, just the a lot of well there's there's one thing that that happens kind of consistently through the film where i think it's the same actress who's just like it couldn't like it's not gonna or like it couldn't get worse or something like that or the worst part is over i think is what she says yeah the worst part is over is what she it's, says yeah. she says that like three different times and by yeah, three times like by yeah. the last time it's like you need to stop saying that dude <laughs> like like I don't yeah. but at the same time it's like unfair for me to say that because like she is trying so hard to just see like hopefully like she's really hoping yeah. beyond all hope like the worst part is over and she's just saying it's the only it thing really getting up. you through it. That's true and like without saying that like she probably would have like they they yeah like you have to keep your spirit up and like that's really important in a survival situation you know because if you're just resigning to the idea that you're going to die you're probably not going to eat you're probably you know going to starve you're going to look unhealthy you're going to die you know like you got to keep those spirits up but at yeah at the same time there was just a moment of like you dude you need to <laughs> stop saying that yeah um and then there's that moment where um oh dude it was this is to me this is probably the most impactful moment of the the movie uh or like really that I walked away with um, thinking about the most was when, yeah, it is that, that whole sequence of them, you know, the sick are going to be over here. The healthy are going to be over here. They're pricking their fingers, you know, trying to make their faces look healthier and stuff like that with their own blood. Um, hoping that they're not going to be taken to the, you know, kind of the sick area. Um, and then you got, them looking so relieved at the end it's like oh we're fine we did it they're they're celebrating you know in a way like we we lived to fight another day only to see their kids like all piled up i don't even know like there must have been some kids getting squashed down there like just on these trucks like pretending you know or not pretending but thinking you know that they're gonna go somewhere yeah, they're probably. going on a field trip or something yeah, yeah. they're playing like music like kids music that they grew up with you know like Ryan or like whatever you know nursery rhymes and stuff yeah and you know they're they think that everything's good and they're going away and then you see just like the tonal shift like you know they're excited they're celebrating and then you see the and the way that the music like that nursery rhyme in the background just gets louder and more intense or whatever and it it really sounds way more disturbing than anything because you know that all those kids are just they're gonna die (laughs) They're getting shipped off to like Auschwitz or something. I don't even know. And then later on too, when, you know, there's that shipment of, you know, of, of the Jews and all that stuff and they are in Auschwitz and then you see the people getting 
Like the, are they going to get gassed? Are they getting a shower? Yeah, What's that going part on? was so stressful. To that me. was really stressful too. I'm just like, I'm not sure if that's where the gas comes out. I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> and then, but then they're happy. Yeah, even when they were excited that it was water, I was like, you don't know if you're getting gas pumped in here. Yeah, though. I was. Yeah, I was wondering that. I'm like, I'm waiting to see their faces. Are they happy or are they? Burning. I was. I thought they were going to die. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> I was very stressed. I mean, the only reason I didn't actually think they were going to die is because I know like Schindler's, like, yeah, sure. Oscar Schindler's story, you know. Right. But I was like very stressed out for those yeah. women, but and then, children. But then you're like happy for them. They got a shower or whatever. You know, they're they're living a fight another mm. day, and then the same thing happens, and you notice the kids just being herded down into pulled out of line, and yeah, and it's just like, oh yeah. man. I, I, yeah, like the the trauma of yeah. that all, and what you'd be thinking about for years to come, you know, like you'd be thinking about that. Yeah, you'd have PTSD forever. for sure, dude. Anytime, yeah, dude. Especially like being in a situation like that. Anytime, I bet any of these survivors are walking past a factory that has smoke coming out of the, you know, the plumes. They're yeah. probably immediately flashback into Auschwitz. Oh, or uh, for sure. Yeah, like. And then it's not even them that's just experiencing the trauma, but it's like epigenetics, which is like the trauma is encoded into their DNA that they then pass. Like this yeah. affects generations of of people to go through this. It's not just like one individual person that you're traumatized, but then you're rescued and everything is fine. Like, no, this has generations of impact and it's just so like evil, you know? It is. <laughs> What a pick. Yeah. What a pick for... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a really important film, an and important I think that film. it's good to watch it, but yeah. it's hard. And I think, too, they have a lot of on-screen violence as well. Yes. Like, they don't shy away from the violence. I, th- I mean, that was definitely intentional. I'm sure Steven's like, no, we're yeah. showing this. Like, people need to see this, <laughs> you know, to really understand. Yeah. And it it's, kind of goes... it's real. It happens. It kind of goes back to the idea of, like, you have to see it. Like, you need to see it. You know, otherwise you're just going to write it off in your head and you're not going to be as attached to it. You're not going to, you're not going to really understand the gravity of it unless you really see it. So he's like, you're going to see it. I know with Saving Private Ryan, he regrets how much he showed in that one. I don't know how he feels about Schindler's List. Maybe the black and white kind of, you know, covering maybe helps it or whatever in his mind. But I know that, but in my head, it's just like, no, I think it's good to see. Like, especially in Saving Private Ryan, by the end of, like, the Normandy scene, like, you see the blood coming from the ocean and all that stuff. And it's just like, wow, that's crazy and all that stuff. So, personally, I'm just like, no, I'd, I'd rather you just show me. Unless it's, like, really, well, I don't know. It's a movie. I have no idea. Unless, like, people really died in the making of the film. <laughs> yeah, like, I know yeah. that they're alive, so I'm able to sort of, like, kind of come away from it, you know being okay (laughs) but it still can impact you you know deeply which i think is good and yeah i think people kind of need right now dude do you know how they did some of those shots because what shots you like the shots where they get shot in the back of the head because there are some where you like the camera doesn't cut you know like it's obviously practical effects i would assume Um, and it looks like it, it sort of gets replaced with like a balloon version of the person, Maybe. like the way that their bodies kind of deflate. It looks a little. Oh like, yeah, sure. But you know, but um, yeah, I mean, you have a lot of on-screen violence. <laughs> there is a. You just reminded me of a scene where like there's one girl that gets shot in the back of the head. This is a little too. I think this is sort of a cartoony 
<laughs> because I'm I'm pretty sure people have said like if you get shot like like the bullet goes through and you just drop like that's it like you're just you're mm-hmm. you're ragdoll you don't you don't violently move in a specific direction and there's one and scream and then yeah, fall over there's and, there's one yeah. scene where a girl like she bangs her head on the floor and then falls backwards and I'm like I don't think that's really how that goes maybe maybe it hit a nerve or something and like that would have happened yeah. I have no idea I really don't know yeah, enough possible. but from what I've heard like from people in war and all that stuff it's just like you just kind of ragdoll and that's you know you get the yeah. life's just gone. <laughs> so that's kind of interesting. But th- but they do... Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, there's so many shots where you just see the blood trickle, you know? Like in the snow, in the street, and all that stuff. Oh, man. I didn't even notice it at first, but my friend pointed it out. And I really should have been... I think I was writing some notes at the time or something like that, and then pointed it out where it's just like how they're pulling up like tombstones and, you know, putting the putting them like as the pavement for the street you know for oh i didn't see I didn't you didn't see notice that. that either like that was uh-uh. that was maybe halfway or a little over halfway through the film or no maybe under halfway because i'm pretty sure she looked it up too that where Amon's camp was i th- think she said it was that was actually like a burial ground that was like a a graveyard or what you know whatever and um not burial ground, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, and so I think they like pull up all the tombstones. They built his huge thing or whatever house on his villa. Yeah, villa on the on that on that graveyard and used all the tombstones for pavement for the you know, or for a path for the cars to drive on, which is just messed up. And you see that shot at the very end too. They do kind of do a panning shot of all the different tombstones and stuff, and it's very interesting. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not sure if I have anything else to say. I don't have anything else, no. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's definitely worth watching at least once. Yeah. Impactful. Put me in a dark mood right before Christmas time. <laughs> I'm sure I'll. I'm sure I'll be okay. But um, I guess there is one last thing because you said the cinematography was great and all that stuff. I do love. They do use. I don't know what the names of these shots are, but you know where it's like the light is focused on their eyes and everything else is kind of shadowed. Um, I I love that kind of cinematography. Yeah, I loved the lighting. Yeah. I loved the lighting. This yeah. is very well done, and um, very well done movie. I may watch it one more time some other time in my life, but uh, I don't know if I will. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. But totally worth a watch, an important watch, um, and probably a should watch, honestly. Um, Because it seems pretty accurate, I would say. You know, I'm sure they've tried to make it as accurate as possible. Otherwise, that would have been pretty kind of rude (laughs) or like, you know, downplaying the whole situation and the history of it all. So, um, really cool, really impactful. 1993, great year. This this wasn't Liam Neeson's breakout role, was it? Do you know? I honestly have no idea. That I guess I did want to. That was a note that I did write down. I I think it's so cool. You really only think of Liam Neeson as I will hunt you down and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you get this where it's just like a completely different character, totally different from anything I've ever seen him in. So, um, it might have been his break breakout role. I have no idea. Oh, it was kind of interesting too. I don't know if you noticed this, but like, um, what was 
Schindler was saying something about like we need to bring more people or something like that, and Amon is just like, "What are you? Who do you think you are, Moses?" And then he goes on to play like Ramses or something, and um, you know Moses' counterpart in Prince of Egypt. So that was kind of funny, <laughs> kind of a weird connection. Um, it was. It looks like it was his breakout role. We'll look at him. Yeah. Great job. Great job. And Miss Honey was in it too. Did you notice that? Matilda, <laughs> Miss Honey, she was Hirsch. Oh, no. She was Helen Hirsch. She was the woman that got oh, beat okay. by Oh, okay. I knew she looked familiar. I didn't know who it was, though. Yeah. But... Right when I, I was like looking at her, I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's black and white. So it's kind of hard. Like, I think that's her. And I'm like, no, that's her. That's her. That's Miss yeah. Honey. <laughs> what a dark field to be in. And then she goes on to be this happy, cheerful. <laughs> Also sort of abused, though, at the same time. Kind of a different character, like kind of the same character in a way. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's Schindler's List. <laughs> what a movie. Uh, happy 2024. <laughs> Love ringing in the new year with a nice, upbeat movie, but also an important watch. Maybe a good maybe a good way to start off the year. Maybe to get you to think a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was between this and another movie, and I'm... The next movie is going to be a little bit more upbeat, I think, that I cover. But uh, before we get to the announcement of the next film, would you like to play Fire Partner Critique or no? <laughs> sure, I'll do a partner. Partner? Wait, Fire Partner Critique? I don't have anyone. Um, I wrote for Fire, Don't Make Me Do This. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I really don't know if I have maybe the person that's in charge of how long the movie is <laughs> i make it like 15 just get me in the 2 hour ballpark 2 hours like, for this no no like 2 hours and 59 minutes you know just get <laughs> oh, down into the 2 hour <laughs> yeah. get down into the 2 yeah. hour range for me yeah i was wondering for i'm like i feel like it's been going on for a long time but now we're in this last camp you know and the factory and all mm-hmm. you know the major factory i'm like man if we ha- if we go through a whole other like Eamon yeah, type of character camp. thing going on, like in those yeah. interactions, I'm gonna have a hard time. <laughs> oh yeah, what was up with the scene where Am- Eamon gets hung too, and they like try to that's, kick out the? That's another example of where it was like this is a weird levity moment, or not levity, but you yeah. know what I mean, where it's just kind of slapstick somehow. Yeah, I almost wonder if that's what happened in real it life. It has to have been. I don't know how you could make such a try to make an impactful film and then have like this weird zany thing happen <laughs> with an important moment. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to look it up. Let's see. Yeah, we should have looked up more. While you're doing that, let me I'll give you my fire partner critique. So I didn't fire anyone. I partnered with Ben Kingsley because again, like I walked away from his performance just thinking that it was incredible. And then I only critiqued Liam Neeson. I think he did a fantastic job, but um his kind of breakdown at the end, I think he could have done a better job. I wasn't necessarily sold on his like breakdown where he's crying. I could have saved more. It, it seemed like I agree. It seemed like I acting, agree. You know, yeah. Those are my answers. Did you get the? Did you get your uh, information? So there's apparently an actual video of him being hanged. Oh wow! Not something I want to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um. But wow. what? So the myth is that his hanging was actually botched. Wow. So maybe they were just I trying so. to be historically accurate. Same with the gun misfiring. It's supposedly a real story as well. Yeah, so, that's the only Yeah, my guess is it was just to be historically accurate, which is interesting because it does sort of add this strange 
um, slapstick element to it, but <laughs> yeah. um, but it's true. That's historically it accurate. happened. Yeah, and stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, and apparently they're not actually even sure that the guy who was hung was Eamon. Oh wow! So yeah, it's a little unclear, but interesting. Um, yeah, I don't want to fire anyone. I agree with you. I feel like Stern was phenomenal in yeah. this. Um, and then I do agree that the part where he has his breakdown is a little like yeah. feels a little forced. So yeah, yeah I th- I would agree with that. Cool. Look at us. This is the first time we've ever been in agreement on <laughs> fire partner critique. Although I feel Consensus. like I feel like a lot of times I choose like some really weird like yeah super niche. You're like <laughs> oh the person who edited scene four oh eight from <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite answer is still the guy that was in the line and, um, you know, the grocery line and you've got mail who was oh, upset. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite answer. Um, all right. Well, again, Schindler's List. Uh, that's the end of the discussion. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't know if you didn't watch the movie, watch it now. You can rent or buy it or it's on internetarchives.com or whatever that's called. Yeah, Government funded. Yeah. So don't worry. You're not going to get in trouble. Um, Apparently, or maybe look it up first. Who knows? <laughs> I looked it up. It said it was legit, but right. well, that's if cool. I just admitted to piracy, it's not my fault. I tried to do my due diligence. It's the 17 year old pirater that's running the site. It's like, this is legit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Big T, would you care to announce the film that we will be, we will be covering for February? Sure. Oh, you would care. That's good. <laughs> that's good. You ready? Yes. So we're staying in the 90s. Oh. And we are going to watch the 1999 film Being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich. What is this? Have you heard of this movie? No. Oh gosh, this Oh, wait, that is like That is John Malkovich. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. What is this yeah, movie? Yeah, it's John Malkovich. What is this movie about? What? <laughs> You've never heard of this movie? No. Um, yeah, it has like a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's super weird. It's like about a man who goes into the head of John Malkovich and becomes him for a little bit and stuff. What the heck? Yeah, I've never, that's why I was confused. I'm like, wait, isn't John Malkovich like the actor? A real person? Yeah, it is a real person. Um, I have never seen this movie. (laughs) I've just seen a lot of people say that it's a really fun and wild ride. Okay. That's probably so, good after this. <laughs> Let's pick ourselves we'll up, Ted. Nice. Well, I'm excited. I've never heard of this film. We got John Cusack, Cameron Diaz, John Malkovich, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> All right. Look forward to it, I guess. It's rated R, of course, so uh, that's all we ever All-looking cover. That's all we ever cover out here is rated R films. Um, but look up the parental guide on IMDb to get more information on uh, what it shows in there if you're willing to watch it or not Um, as we always say you don't want to get surprised by any uh, what is it ghost boobs ghost boobs and full frontal (laughs) nudity Um, and this episode that we will be covering being John Malkovich will come out February 5th I said the wrong dates last time (laughs) I believe I remember from when I was editing, I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. So uh, this is correct. (laughs) Monday, the 5th, February 2024. 
Well, actually, this episode comes out in 2024, so I shouldn't make it a big deal. Whatever. Anyway. But, I, well, yeah, Happy New Year. Hopefully, you guys make some awesome goals and um, all that stuff that you're excited about again. Like I said last year, I think goals are better than like a New Year's resolution. Just just set a bunch of big goals, small goals, in between goals. And if you don't hit them all, you don't hit them all. But if you have like if you keep a list like on your iPhone or whatever and you just kind of check them off as you go and you'll see like, wow, I actually did a lot of the things that I wanted to do this year. That's pretty cool. So I don't I haven't been disappointed since I started doing that a few years ago. And uh, I don't think you will either. So happy new year. And uh, goodbye. See ya. Thank you.